Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Well, Mercedes put in some quick laps today to top both morning and afternoon sessions with drivers running two by two, with the Red Bulls, both far, not behind the two Mercedes. And for anyone hoping the new regulations might mean the entire competitive order was thrown up in the air, we'll be disappointed. But for followers of Formula One... And as an Autosport podcast listener, I'm guessing you have a keener interest than some other people. You won't be surprised to know. The status quo is a good place to start when trying to decode the timesheets from testing. Maybe it's a sign that many of the teams are talking up Ferrari. Or are they trying some smoke and mirrors to divert us and our attention away from their own cars? We'll discuss that on the podcast today. As for global matters, Formula One says it will not hold the Russian Grand Prix scheduled for September 25th in the current circumstances following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The statement is partly this. On Thursday evening, Formula One, the FIA and the teams discussed the position of our sport and the conclusion is, including the view of all relevant stakeholders, that it is impossible to hold the Russian Grand Prix in the current circumstances. 
whereas the promoter of the Russian Grand Prix reacted to that announcement by confirming the contract to hold the race had been suspended. But it also asked fans not to seek refunds for tickets as... And I quote, it is still possible that the round will take place and will be held as previously scheduled, end quote. That was despite F1 saying the race is not going ahead. Joining me to discuss that is our Formula One reporter, Luke Smith, and Autosport.com editor, Hayden Cobb. Now, Luke, we'll come to you first. We just heard the Formula One statement, and then I read the response from the organisers at the circuit saying, steady on, boys, don't ask for refunds. It sounds from Formula One like it's a done deal, not going to Russia. It sounds from the circuit like, oh, don't ask for your money back yet. What's the feeling in the pit and paddock where you've been today about Sochi being cancelled? Uh, it's pretty clear that the Russian Grand Prix will not be going ahead this year. And I think it's important to bear in mind that contractually, there's a lot of obligations and legalese and therefore the wording of all of these statements is very, very important. And even when Formula One issued its statement, there were a few questions saying, well, is it actually off? Like what, what is the, the situation because of the way it was worded? But no, it is It is pretty clear. Like We've asked around and it is clear that Formula One won't be racing in Russia this year. Uh, we've uh, spoken to a number of drivers about it. They were all very supportive of, of the decision. Pierre Gasly gave quite a quite a moving sort of uh, speech about it during the press conference and he said that he's got friends in Ukraine who are affected by this and he said like it's really it is something that's on his mind and he he said that had there been any consideration to go ahead with the race he would have done the same as Sebastian Vettel and boycott it so it's definitely it's definitely the right call for Formula One I think that the paddock is very united on that obviously we know there's a side story in terms of what's going on with Haas and Nikita Mazepin and the impact that the removal of the Euro Carly sponsorship branding from the car this week may have. And Haas is going to review everything next week, but it said it does need to resolve what that would mean for Nikita Mazepin's future as well. So there's a lot of moving parts to this, but I think that the underlying thing is that Formula One won't be racing in a country that is at war. It's, it's quite as simple as that, really. We have colleagues that work in the Ukraine, the nuts and bolts of autosport.com, if you like, who work on the back end to make it all happen, to give us the tools to do this job. Some of those are based in the Ukraine. And so, of course, our our thoughts with them and their family and their friends. Okay, let's talk about track action right now. Lewis Hamilton produced a uh, late charge at the end of Formula One's first Barcelona pre-season test. And while it's gone well for Mercedes, Haas and Alpine will probably go away wondering what could have been. And I do wonder if the, uh, I'll say the newspaper press, perhaps those that write for a general audience, might play up the Mercedes domination, they might even call that, with George Russell fastest in the morning, a 1 minute 19.233, Hamilton finishing off the day with a 1 minute 19.138, and the most laps completed. But Hayden, we'll come to you first. As always, they set this on the C5 tyres. We don't know fuel loads. We don't know setups. So you can't say Mercedes are on top, but can we say that they'll leave feeling confident? What do you reckon? I think they'll be happier than they were, say, 24 hours ago. Lots of mileage. Um, Yeah, Lewis Hampton sort of talking about obstacles to be overcome or, or are being overcome. You certainly sort of felt that today. And then got the mileage in. And even to, yeah, like you say, went for that sort of late run on the softer tyres. 
which obviously brings a bit of lap time in itself. And yeah, you could just, it felt like a very sort of Mercedes in testing performance that we're familiar with for quite a while over the last few years. Maybe also sort of goes back to this mantra of, of, of the mindset as well of, of, of Mercedes of this year, given how last year went, they seem very much uh, hell-bent on being the dominant team and and really sort of righting some some wrongs that they may sort of feel still from that year. And And this could easily just be, Another way of saying right to the, to the others, we're here, we're not going away just yet. Don't discount us after a couple of decent but not sparkling days, let's say. Hey, look, they're still first in the pit lane. They're still constructor champions. So it might have been some showboating from Mercedes, but it was kayaking in the afternoon from Daniel Ricciardo. Do you like that? Yes, there we go. I was working on that all afternoon. Tell us why Danny Ricciardo was the only driver to put on full wets today and while the others were using intermediates. It wasn't a downpour of Spanish weather. Can you explain? Yes, so we've had it before at Barcelona. I think it was 2018. So the Pirelli liked to do wet tyre tests totally make understandable because I want to test the tyres and it's not always guaranteed rain so you've got to have other ways of, of, of making it wet and so uh, yeah at the lunch break they soaked the track using water tankers uh, doing lap after lap I didn't clock the lap time but I would guess about the sort of 15 minute mark per, per lap for those guys so not not, not sparkling performance but uh, I'm sure they can go away from this test and, and look to improve but Saying that, um, they did the job of, of soaking the track. But the problem that you have inherently being being in Barcelona, despite it being late February, is it's it's dry and the circuit dries very quick. And then when you put some Formula One cars on it, which are like yeah massive hoovers that suck the water off, it dries even even quicker. So yeah, Ricardo was first out when the the sort of the track was ready. Managed to do three laps, sort of an out lap, time lap, in lap on the full wets before it just it was clear from 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 the naked eye that that it wasn't wet anymore and he he switched to intermediates and basically nobody else got out or chose choose to not, not to to go out onto the track when it was in that sort of full wet zone but but again that that they had a 90 minutes on the the intermediate tires and that was multiple drivers so at least on on that tire they'll have an absolute wealth of data now and and probably will be very sort of happy with that um and, and they have other venues and have done plenty of testing on these tires on the wet ones where they can gain some more so it's not like we will turn up to the first wet race and all hell will break loose well, let's hope not anyway but um, uh, yeah, yeah, so it's an unusual thing and, and doesn't always happen so regularly, but um, testing is testing and, and shakedown's a perfect time to do it. And I wonder what that race could be. It won't be Bahrain, it won't be Saudi Arabia, it won't be Australia in April. Probably no. not. Imola, you could it, have a have It could a, have be a chance. Yeah, some springtime, could be some springtime Italian downpours. We had some uh, We had some rain last year there, so there's that's a possible one yes it, it will rain I, I, I put my money on that if you need some 2022 predictions there will be rain in the F1 calendar at some point I just can't wow. say when that's a radical prediction here Hayden Whoa. <laughs> stick your neck out mate oh <laughs> uh, don't worry I'll, I'll, I'll leave the big ones for when we do predictions that's fine um, but, but yes all valuable information for both brilliant and, and the teams and okay three laps for, for McLaren to have a look at their own data it's not a wealth but it's better than nothing Luke I would like to get your thoughts on you know McLaren as well but uh, if you just sort of work your way through down the, the timesheets after Mercedes it was a little bit two by two uh, with the Red Bulls actually so before we talk about McLaren what's your impression of how their test has gone because I think they took a few people's breaths away on Wednesday morning when they saw when people saw the car but then after three days of running how are you feeling about Red Bull 
I think there's plenty more to come from Red Bull. They've been quite quietly just getting on with their own thing, really. They've not really gone out and set any big headline times or or been really, I don't know, sort of in your face or anything like that. And they've sort of just quietly got on with things. And I think it's been it's been a solid test for Red Bull. I mean, their mileage has has been pretty good. Um, we know that Sergio Perez had that gearbox issue yesterday that, that curtailed a lot of running and, and did limit how many laps they could put in. But um, yeah, I mean, they ended the test with, let me make a check. Uh, they had the fourth highest number of laps, uh, 358. It was a really, really solid run from Red Bull. And I think that with them and Mercedes, I think we've got to look to the second test in Bahrain. Like, what what new bits are going to turn up? What more do they have to put on the car? Like, how much how much are they going to do? I think it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting one. But no, I think Red Bull can be pretty pleased with what they've done. Uh, Sergio Perez he spoke today and he said that he can see good progress they made through the test, and it's just about continuing that as they go to Bahrain. But yeah, I think Red Bull. I wouldn't I wouldn't get too worried or concerned that the fact that they're not at the very top of the timesheets. Um, because, yeah, they're definitely in the mix. And I think we're going to see more performance from them as testing uh, wears on. I haven't got that open in one of my tabs, but if it is open, have you got the rundown of all the laps completed? So who of ended Of all the teams, yeah, I do. Where? Yeah, so uh, topping Ooh, the mileage chart was Ferrari, 439 laps. Mercedes second, 393. Then McLaren, 367. Red Bull, 358. Williams, 347. I think Williams, Hayden and I have just uh, recorded a video talking about this. They had a really solid test, like for a team that three years ago missed the first three days of testing and the car was miles off the pace probably not far off the uh, the uh, tankers that Hayden mentioned were going around they uh, really really struggled but we can just see this continued progression from Williams and I think yeah the last sort of year or so has been pretty good for the team last year they got to eighth and constructors got that podium albeit with an asterisk and Spa George Russell put in some brilliant displays but this, I think, has felt like their most comfortable pre-season. You've not really been thinking, oh, where are Williams? Like, where are they down the order? Because they've just been solid pretty much throughout. They've they've really, really been impressive. So, yeah, very, very good test for them. Um, AlphaTauri, 308 laps. They had a difficult day today. Lost some mileage uh, when uh, Pierre Gasly had an off in the morning session. Then That meant Yuki Tsunoda couldn't get out in the afternoon. And then, yeah, we're sort of getting down then towards the teams that are probably looking to Bahrain thinking we've got work to do because yeah their test didn't go to plan all of them um, had effective running today Aston Martin 296 laps Alpine 266 laps Alfa Romeo 175 and the very bottom Haas with 160 so when you compare that to Ferrari on 439 you can see how much of a golf there is and okay not every team is going to be saying have a, a maximum mileage um, sort of their, their run program might be a bit adjusted at points without well, no we want to stay in and do some setup changes or, or whatever but it's quite clear which teams do have work to do as we go into the second test cumulatively multiple Grand Prix distances being run but in terms of the first test over the three days what would classify as a long run uh, they would be they would be looking to do a race simulation so around Barcelona that's a, a 66 lap, lap run and they would be I, I was talking to uh, one team member today and they were kind of explain the run plan they would say sort of that the first day is all about just get to grips with the car understand it get all the processes working see how it correlates with with the wind tunnel then on the second day you're starting to push it a little bit more and sort of get a little bit more out of it um just again make sure all your systems are working as they should be and then 
today was really the first day you'd say, right, let's definitely get a, a full race sim in where you just go out and do it. And some teams were able to do that much earlier. Some teams were able to start that um, yesterday. And others, yeah, they'd have, they'd have got to today and, and been thinking, well, we need to get a move on with this. So, so yeah, that is, that's really the magic number 66. So, I mean, most teams, I think if you can get two race distances under your belt over a full day so that'd be 132 laps that would be i think a a pretty solid day um yeah some managed that others didn't ferrari their average was was well over that they averaged what 146 laps a day i believe if my math is correct which is yeah pretty good going so they yeah you can sort of see where see what the marker is basically for what is a good day and what is a bad day um and some of the teams yeah they really have a lot of mileage to catch up on Yesterday, I saw a few people raving about Leclerc's pace on the C3 tyres. Is it too early to jump on board the Ferrari hype train? On board, everyone, because there's some excitement there. What do you reckon? Yes, it is too early, but don't ever rule it. Don't ever rule it out. Um, oh, come on, sitting on the face. never too early to get on the Ferrari hype but this train. Is, this is come testing, on. that's the thing. Uh, we're making the joke, to be fair, that there's, there's a, there is a train line that runs past the circuit and every time it went past, you just say, oh yeah, there's the Ferrari hype train. So yes, it certainly was there. And, and to be fair, if, if you're a Ferrari fan, and I know a lot, of, a lot of people are, you will have a lot of sort of optimism going into this season and, and, and the, the performance that they put together over the last three days only cements that and only puts that in there. They they are definitely there thereabouts in that sort of top group of, of teams. To be fair, obviously, a, a couple of years ago, they were very much in anyway and, and had certain uh, changes and, and, and restrictions put upon that. But yes, I, I would say the pieces are coming together. One thing that um, was notable from, from my vantage point of, during testing was because a, that lots of... You talked about the, the run, plan and run plans and, and race um, simulations. There was a lot of sort of you got to join the invisible lines between these bits. The, the stint sometimes may not have been yeah a full a full length or a lap might not have been a full sort of if it, if you're going for a performance lap a full lap there. You add the sector times. There was a lot of times where the Ferraris, the Mercedes, they would pick up a, a, a sector or a lap here or there, and it would catch your eye, and then they'd sort of fade back and disappear. And you, I'm sure, if you overlaid a few a few run plans and a few sort of programs. And obviously, then you, 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 what are your engine modes, what are your fuel loads, etc. That there you can piece together a very, very strong car and a very strong team in Ferrari from that. I would also add that the C3 tire, which we said the clerk was so good on yesterday, that apparently has been the real representative tire around here. Like I've, I've heard that is the tire that if you're good on that, that's a good sign. So I would again take that as further encouragement and. Maybe that Ferrari hype train, maybe it's time to start selling some tickets. I don't know. Maybe we need to hire a conductor for it. I don't know. It's uh... no, As long as it doesn't have a rail replacement bus service <laughs> halfway through the year, then that's fine. Oh, <laughs> very good. Right. In the next part of the podcast, we'll talk about what it was like for the teams that haven't had such a great test. And we'll tell you about what Autosport will be doing with the team for the next test and what you can expect from us over the next couple of weeks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Okay, now let's talk about how this afternoon we finally saw some drama, if you want to call it that. We finally saw some more red flags that we would be used to in testing anyway on the final day of the test. Four teams failing to complete any laps in the afternoon. For Haas, well, you know, it's been a difficult situation anyway, but uh, Nikita Mazepin, nine laps in the morning, some sort of leak, I think it was, with the team tweeting eventually, hey, we're not coming back out. Alpine did the same uh, with hydraulic issues, I think. Luke, can you just run us through maybe those couple of teams and and also we saw uh, a stoppage for Sebastian, uh, Sebastian Vettel. Those pictures looked quite dramatic when I was following Autosport live. Trackside, we were putting some of our own pictures up. Just talk us through the teams that perhaps had a bit of a rough end to the test. Yeah, I mean, Alpine had a really rough end because I think they had been pretty good on mileage for the first couple of days. And then today, they only got 12 laps in. It was uh, Fernando Alonso was driving the car, came to a halt on the track. Uh, The team said it was a hydraulic leak. We saw these quite incredible photos of the smoke that was coming out of the rear of that Alpine and it was really, really quite severe and yeah, it did require uh, putting out by a fire marshal because yeah, there had been a fire at the rear of the car. So it did take quite a while to get the car removed and back to the pits and then Alpine confirmed that the fire at the back of the car meant that the test was over and that was in the morning session. So it really knocked out the majority of a whole day of running for Alpine, which is uh, not really what the team wants. And I think I think the drives have been struggling to fully get to grips with that car anyway. I think that the porpoising issue has been hitting Alpine quite badly. So I think that was a really important thing for them to be able to to, to do and get in that mileage just to understand it more. So to lose that running is really quite difficult. So that was obviously a, a big setback. And uh, yeah, you mentioned Haas as well. Obviously, they uh, only completed nine laps today. They were running that all-white livery because the Oracali branding had been removed from the car. Um, but it was, again, a good chance for them to try and get in some mileage after losing so much through the first few days. And they just couldn't again. There was there was the uh, the oil leak, I believe it was, on, on Mazepin's car. He drove the morning session as planned. And it meant that, yeah, in the end, they couldn't get back out after that. So it was uh, definitely not the way that uh, Haas would have wanted this test to end. 160 laps in total, as I said, which is, uh, yeah, definitely not uh, what the team would have wanted. Uh, with Sebastian Vettel, he was also playing uh, Feynman. Feynman Seb is, I believe, how... What a Hayden surprise! What a surprise. Uh, yeah. His car's on fire. He's going to have the fire extinguisher himself. What a man. He does it all. He's a man of oh, many talents. Is. Absolutely. Yeah. He was uh, Yeah. He was straight on the scene. Uh, it was an oil leak, Aston Martin said, that caused him to stop on track uh, just before lunch. And uh, yeah, again, it was it was a, a day end for Aston Martin. It was uh, very difficult. So they confirmed that they wouldn't be doing any more running again, a setback, and again, not what they would have wanted. The team, we saw last year how much... Uh, an issue field preseason affected Aston Martin. They always said that it was, yeah, in testing, they just, they really, really struggled and it kind of took a few races to get their, get their groove and find their strides. So 
So, yes, yeah, so I think they've got a bit of work. So, I mean, they have more mileage than Alpine, for example. So I think they're in a bit of a better position, but it's still not at all how you want your test to end. And uh, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Alfa Tauri, they were the other team. Uh, Pierre Gasly's crashed that both Gasly and uh, Jody Eggington were quite cryptic as to what exactly had happened and what had caused it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not how you want your test to come to an end in the war. And it must have been severe enough because... Luki Sonoda wasn't able to take over the afternoon. So, yeah, I think all four teams, not at all how they would have wanted their test to end. A couple, I mean, Haas and Alpha, I think they're in a worse position than the others. Alpha Romeo, as we mentioned, they, I mean, today was probably their most productive day, I believe. They, uh, Guan Yu Zhou was able to get in a, a, a good run in, in the afternoon. So, uh, yeah, they've, um, they've got work to do, though. Hayden, word of the test porpoising. Uh, we can't get away from the fact that these cars seem to oscillate at very high speed as the airflow underneath the car detaches, then reattaches, kind of sucking the car down and letting it go um, if you like. We've got a video online, got some explanations online. Check out Autosport Plus. Matt Q has re- written a fantastic piece yesterday all about that for our subscribers. But for a test where nobody really says anything... I think it was Daniel Ricciardo said, he said, yeah, yeah, we're not suffering too much from it. I think the other teams are. Can we kind of imply that McLaren aren't really suffering from this, but the others really are? Because it was, we don't really get much detail from the drivers when they give those quotes. Difficult to say. Yeah, like you say, you don't want to read too much into it. I, I certainly think it has been a, an issue that the teams have felt, all teams have felt in some shape or form, uh, but maybe in, in relative sense, at least in the, the very much visual sense, it isn't so dramatic on on their car compared to compared to some others. There was yeah a terrific sort of social media clip that Formula One put out of uh, the Ferrari coming down the main straight where yeah you can just see the helmet of the driver bouncing up and down. And you well, think, the whole car be... is like it's going over speed bumps. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and 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 so that sort of underlines the point of there's definitely some teams that are fe- get feeling it more than others. And I guess what is key to this and what we will find in the fullness of time is how that then impacts the car's internals and perhaps more delicate bits now obviously the, the Ferrari as the example bouncing around as it did they haven't obviously missed a beat they've got the biggest mileage so not necessarily uh, from a reliability point of view a problem performance there may be obviously different uh, things to, to worry about but yeah the other teams um, that have been suffering these these porpoising issues and then let's say uh, having these internal things go wrong it, it might be too simple to put the two and two together, but yeah, you, you could say that, that having, that's having a knock-on impact and maybe they need to, to find a way to, to cure all of these issues um, before they can get back properly on track and, and find some performance. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of an issue that you, you can't escape. It's very, very clear of when it's happening and when it's not. Um, you, you don't need to be a, a tech expert, uh, which I certainly am not, um, to know when these sorts of things are happening. But um all I can say is on, on the whole porpoising thing is I didn't come into this week thinking that that would be the Formula One buzzword of, of this week. But but here we are, and I have certainly learned a lot. Another driver that did say something interesting was Charles Leclerc, who was talking about the ability to follow. Now, Luke, I don't know if you've seen the cars going around in convoy a little bit. We've kind of addressed that on the podcast over the last couple of days. And Leclerc saying there's different phases of following a phase where he feels that the ability to follow drops off a bit, but then it kind of comes back. What can you tell us about what you've seen from the drivers trying to understand the ability to follow in these cars? I mean, there've definitely been a few instances where you've seen the cars running 
maybe in convoy is not quite the way to explain it because I don't think it'd be sort of deliberately pre-planned thing between the teams but they've managed to sort of get close to each other and uh, yeah Lando Norris he jokes at one point he said oh well I was never going to let George pass obviously so I screwed his lap a little bit and it was uh, quite fun <laughs> to see a bit of banter between the two of them but it has given them a kind of reading as to what is it like to follow because that is what all these regulations are all about it was all about reducing the amount of dirty air that comes off the rear of the car so you can get closer therefore you can overtake therefore we have more exciting races and for the most part, drivers have been pretty positive about it. They've said that the first feeling was, yeah, actually, it's gone in the right direction. It's not like a total night and day difference, but it's definitely feeling much more positive. But as you said, Charles Leclerc, he went into some pretty good detail this evening. Uh, our colleague Adam Cooper's done a, a piece for, for Autosport, and uh, uh, he said uh, it's... Uh, Leclerc said it's quite interesting I'll say from three seconds to one second behind the car in front you can actually follow closer then from one second to five tenths I'll say it's a similar feeling to last year and then from five tenths to extremely close then it's much better than last year so it is this weird kind of window when you're between a second and five tenths of a second behind the car in front that the downforce maybe does drop away a little bit so that that that's quite strange but obviously the issue is that you need to be that close to make the overtake because you can't get to within half a second without being between a second and half a second behind, if that makes sense. So it's a weird, it's a weird kind of conundrum. And I think that it's something that maybe a, a sort of Leclerc gets more to grips with the car. He'll he'll sort of be like, well, no, it's maybe not quite entirely like that. But it's uh, it's a strange, it's strange. And I think that that's really the big question that isn't actually going to be answered until we get to Bahrain because. We, we want to know basically does it work do these cars allow better overtaking and I think it's quite good that Bahrain is a track where you can overtake pretty pretty well I think it's, it's a good circuit for that so it will be a good way to put that to the test but yeah it's very interesting because we've had sort of some fairly fairly positive responses from drivers about the changes but that what Leclerc has highlighted might that become something we follow through the season I think we'll have to see what uh what comes uh, in the coming weeks on that front when they were doing the wet weather running was there anything was the track wet enough to look at the spray these cars are meant to throw the air off in a different way could you tell or was it just not wet enough for that there were a couple of shots that went around that you could see snapshots of it um not nothing in great detail as you say because the spray sort of disappeared so there weren't too many examples and in terms of cars following i, I don't think i saw any cars close on well it's obviously not the the, the wet tires but the, the inters like there weren't too many occasions where that was happening but from a spray purely from a spray point of view that was yeah that was pretty noticeable in terms of how high and, and away from the cars that, that that the sort of the air and the water vapor from it was being sort of dissipated um and you could also there was a couple of fantastic uh, images on on social media um catching the so the the swill and the uh, this is where my technical language will fail me, but um, yeah, the the way that the air was passing up behind the wheels and then by the floor, and you can just see it all being pushed sort of away and out from the cars rather than intended to previously. Yeah, I, I I'd be quietly confident that, like you say, from what Leclerc described, it sounds very encouraging, and certainly when looking at them sort of on the track, they they visually look like they can follow and carry more speed behind each other. Alex Kalanorkas, our, our colleague, had a great way of describing it, um, which I really loved. Was they look when they're in a pack, they look menacing, like just when they, when they're following each other. I guess with the styling as well, very sort of pointing and right on there. But they, yeah, I think from the visual point of view, um, there there could be some fantastic shots and and images and and videos to come this year. 
All right, let's look forward to the next test and then the first round as well in Bahrain, which are in the same location. Luke, uh, I don't want to stir things up where, the, where there isn't anything, but is there any chance, given the situation that we're in at the minute, that Nikita Mazepin might not take part in those events? Any word on that? It is a question that I think does need to be answered, and I think we will probably get more information on in the next week or so. So Gunter Steiner, he... he um, met with the media today on a Zoom call to explain the situation to us. And he opened the Zoom call by apologising the, the fact that they cancelled his um, his commitments yesterday because he said that he said he was very, very sorry. And he said, but I had to obviously just go and sort everything out. And I thought I was really classy of Gunter. He's a very, very good guy. I know we see him on Netflix and think, oh, classic Gunter. But genuinely, he's a, a very, he's a, he's a great human being. So that was a, a classy touch from him. And yeah, he explained everything. And he said, basically, it's all going to be reviewed next week. It's something that is obviously a legal matter. So therefore, can't talk a lot about directly talking about Nikita Mazepin's future he said that it would be uh, he said it's something that needs to be resolved of course because Urukali which is Mazepin's backer uh, co-owned by his father Dimitri that is that's a, that's a that's the primary sponsor of the team that is the t that is why the the car has been coloured like the Russian flag and it's made major Russian company with ties to the Russian state. So it is a, it's a big situation. And, and Gun said that a lot of it is also out of Haas's hands because it's talking about governments and things like that. And there are sort of questions about visas and things like that. And what other sanctions may follow. Steiner said that the sanctions that have been put in so far by the U S UK and EU haven't impacted Haas. And I asked him sort of financially, how bad would this be for the team? And he said that we, we, we'd be okay so there's other ways to find funding and he said we're just really focused on the racing and getting everything sorted on that side and and keeping things ticking over um with regards to Nikita he put out a post on Twitter that uh, I'd like to read out because I thought it was it was it was um it was very fitting because there was a there was an awful awful tweet from Jeremy Clarkson last night attacking Nikita and it was it was completely wrong it used a slur it was awful on so many levels Mazepin posted to my fans and followers it's a difficult time and I'm not in control over a lot of what is being said and done I am choosing to focus on what I can control by working hard and doing my best for Haas my deepest thanks for your understanding and support and I thought that was a, a very nice touch I thought that we've got to remember that he is a young guy who's racing in Formula One and ultimately yeah this is this is a situation that is not at all of his making so I think we'll have to wait and see what the next little week or so brings and I think we'll get more information from Haas how the relationship with Urukali and therefore with Mazepin is impacted so we now in the second test in Bahrain I think we'll probably get some more answers as to what the team does a fair bit of sympathy also needs to go to the whole entire Haas team you, you, you take out sort of the key figures that we've been talking about here there's there's hundreds of mechanics, engineers, um, and personnel involved in that team. That because the team is based in 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 the UK and and they have a, obviously a hub in Maranello, they have a complete multitude of of cultures and, and nationalities um, and backgrounds. And they certainly aren't directly involved in any of this, but it it very much threatens a lot a lot more things than the team. And the team has obviously been through a lot of. Uh, difficulties in its um, short time in Formula One and, and has got through it and, and was really looking at this year as like the new new start, looking at the car, sort of fresh developments, real real opportunity year. And then to be sort of hit with, with this, which is ultimately out of pretty much their entire tyre control nor sort of making, um, is just, just the, probably the worst way they could have thought of, of how the start of 2022 would go. And 
I do wonder how much yet yeah, it would have played on on the whole team's minds and how much it's been sort of a, a focus point this this test. <laughs> we want them there and, and they need they need support as well. Yeah, our, our colleague Mark Gallagher, formerly Cosworth, and with the Jordan team, on uh, he did a podcast for us last year about sponsors who bring you into disrepute, and uh, that I'll, I'll dig that out and put it in the show notes because again, it's a, it's a, an excellent example of teams working hard and. Hey, there's been many occasions over the years in Formula One uh, where sponsors aren't always what they seem. Let's move on. Hey, let's look forward as well and look look forward to the next test and also the first um, event as well. Hayden, you are the editor of Autosport.com. You know, your team back in the UK have been doing amazing jobs uh, with the website. So what happens next in terms of the Autosport team? Uh, you guys fly back tomorrow. And then what's the plan for, for, for the next test for our listeners, our readers, our viewers to look forward to? The first, I think the first job is sleep. That's, that's always a good one. Okay. No. Um, All right. Yes, okay. So we will obviously re- return back um, and get ready. Yeah, ready for, for the Bahrain test. Uh, we'll be... Yeah, running, as, as was the case uh, this time, a full live text commentary of, of every single minute and either side of the start and finish of uh, of the test. Um, of course, this test, what well, it's fair to say, will be yeah live uh, broadcast on television and, and there'll be live timing. So um, for, for everyone, there'll be more to see and more to, to understand. That'd be great. And of course, we'll have the wonderful team um, that Luke and, and, and Alex are all in, involved in, in in providing the latest news. Uh, views, reactions, and, and features, and analysis uh, from from the track, and then uh, yeah, y- y- your wonderful self on the on the podcast. There will be audio joys <laughs> well, and visual well, joys to to look well. forward to uh, covering all these points. So um, yes, but basically more of the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a bit more of this this year. I've been uh, at least with the Autosport team for three years now. Uh, this is the first time I've been quite so involved in uh, actually being on the podcast, not just helping get them made and stuff. So uh, looking forward to that. Luke, did you have any expectations coming into first test? And if so, how do you feel three days later getting on the plane home? I'm a I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Like I'm very much I'm, an optimist, and I, I yes, do like to see the, the best in things and the good in things. and And it's a, it's a conversation I've had with quite a few people this weekend, actually. But there is kind of this weird nihilism, negativity in Formula One a lot of the time, and it's like it's such an exciting new era for Formula One and such a, a great new point. And a lot of it's been oh, like, well, the car's going to be able to overtake and this and that, and oh, imagine if they get it wrong, and and. I, I'm just like nah like these cars when I when I on the first day when I went trackside and I was seeing the cars I was like this is just mega this is what it's all about you just want to be able to see these cars seeing the best drivers in the world and the fastest cars in anger and in this track I mean it may not be the best to really show what the greatest of F1 is all about but I don't know testing it's always it's just a nice time of year and um, this particularly has felt like the most normal F1 event since the pandemic started I think it's um, the media center was at its fullest I've seen it in a very long time we got had sort of in-person media sessions for quite a few teams some are still on zoom but as we start the season a lot more is going to be in person and i think we're getting hopefully back towards some semblance of of normality um in terms of the on-track stuff i mean i was hearing a couple of weeks ago there was uh, people saying again this nihilism and negativity ah, oh, there's going to be only four teams testing on the first day because they the others won't have finished their cars in time and they're all going to be breaking down and whatever and then we had that first day where there was not a single red flag and it wasn't really until today 
when we saw sort of like issues really hit, settling in and um, yeah, a few teams hitting trouble. But I mean, there's no te- no team is in a Williams from a couple of years ago where they're completely cut adrift from the rest of the field. Like I think we do have this top four of um, yeah, probably. Of, of Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, then perhaps this midfield of, uh, yeah, Williams, AlphaTauri, uh, probably Aston, Alpine, but obviously they've got a little bit more to make up than perhaps Haas and Alfa Romeo below that. But that's just a very loose pecking order in terms of what they've been able to do so far and not at all in any, please don't take that as a, a one to 10 because it's not, but it's um, <laughs> it's an idea of, of, of where this not. year is going. And I just think there's so much to be excited about. And yeah, I think that... I, I, I'm just so excited for F1 this year. I really am. And I can't wait to get to Bahrain and everyone I've spoken to today, I just, I just want to get to the first race now. Like testing is testing and it's interesting and it brings a lot of storylines and there's kind of this like mystery around like who's good and who's bad. But when we finally get to qualifying in Bahrain, the lights go down, that's going to be when it all stops and we actually get a look at what this year looks like. And I really cannot wait. Thank you so much, guys. If you appreciate the podcast, then if you can, leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts, on your, your phone, your tablet, on iTunes as well. A little star rating and a few words. Helps others discover it and, uh, well, social proof, as it were. If you want to share this podcast with anybody uh, this year, we would uh, really appreciate you spreading the word as we get into a brand new season. You can join us right here on the Autosport Podcast uh, for that journey all the way. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The world is waiting. Waiting for new thinking. For bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community. Working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.